When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstrike me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me, as always, my man Cody. How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good tonight. It's uh, got a new week of work, doing some training stuff, so good to get out of this, get back to some fantasy football, talk a little ball with you. Absolutely, man. And You know, lately we've had a lot of questions, some, some DMs, people reaching out, asking about their teams, asking about their rosters, how to... Uh, you know, make certain trades and put some things together. And, you know, we've realized there's been a lot of inconsistencies with teams that think they're a contender, but they're really not and vice versa. We've actually had a couple teams where they thought that they were rebuilding and retooling and they had a ton of capital and really good players. And we're like, what are we doing here? So we wanted to get into how to maneuver our teams, how to truly sit down and assess our teams, our leagues and make trades to put our our teams in better positions to to win either either to win or to realize that you're not that contender you're that fake yeah. contender you're on the edge and take it the other way if you need to either you know lean into the retool for a year or so or just hey it's it's probably not going to work here you're sitting with a bunch of old assets and no capital it's probably time to tear it down so uh, every team is every team is a different process you got to sit down really evaluate it and to do that we're going to actually take in one of our own teams we're going to take in mine this week and sit down, really evaluate it, go through the entirety of the thing, the team, the league, the rosters, everything to try to make sure that we can get this roster and give myself even some ideas to move forward with this team as we move up towards the draft and then all the way through the, you know, free or through the off season and then all the way to the start of the season to make sure we're ready to roll when we get there. We know we have the NFL draft coming up, but we do plan to do a few of these. Uh, This one is a contending team of Cody. So we're going to go through the step-by-step process of that. We'll also look at a, uh, a rebuilding team that I have in the future. And we'll also look at maybe a tweener team and trying to truly assess which directions to go. So we'll be doing those over the next month here as well. Uh, before we jump into this, if you did not know, Destination Devi has partnered with Underdog Fantasy for the upcoming season. For all your best ball content, you got to be a part of the Destination Devi Discord. And if you use code TFDR at sign up, you will get a deposit match of up to $100. And if you do deposit $10 or more, you will get one year access to Destination Devi's Discord incredible content j rich is putting together some great tools we have koopa dynasty berry everyone's putting together some charts and tools uh, that we can use to dominate these best ball drafts so we got i believe best ball mania kicking off here in about a month already yep. uh, so we're gonna get that rolling they have the super flex uh, big boards going on right now uh, a lot of stuff a lot of great things are going on so again code tfdr at sign up for up to 100 percent are up to a a 100% deposit match, up to $100. And let's get into things here. So let's break it down. Where do we normally start? Where do we start whenever we're starting to assess a team and where where we're at? You got to start at the bare bones of the league, right? You got to know how many people you're playing with, how many players you're starting, 
is it a super flex league? Hopefully it is. Hopefully you get out of all those one quarterback leagues. You're not playing in those anymore. I've still got one, but you know, first dynasty league, I've, I've kind of got a little bit of a, it's got a little place in my heart for me on that. Got to ride it out. Yeah. I'll ride that one out for a little while longer. So uh, no, we we're going to look at this one and let's get into the actual bare bones of this one. So this is one of my leagues that actually took over this league as an orphan team this year. So this is going to be my first year playing in the league. And so it's definitely important for me to see what are my settings? What are the what's the league structure and how do I need to construct my team based off of that? So at the high up level, it's going to be a 12 team league, super flex, start 10 lineup and there's 30 man rosters. So 20 bench, basically. And then you've got four IR spots extra, but we don't really count those until we get to the season or we actually start getting some IR players eligible. Absolutely. So we got super flex and it's a standard two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end two flex and a super flex. So that gives us kind of an idea of where things are, um, you know, format and then scoring, you know, we always want to check to see if there's any scoring edges. Do you have any, um, you know, uh, massive advantages for like there's tiered PPR, there's points per carry, there's tight end premiums where you have a 2.0 tight end premium. So we have all these different things that you need to know in your leagues because it does matter. It makes a difference in every single league. This one in particular, we're going to have a six-point passing touchdown with minus one for interceptions. And then the main things that we need to know is it's 0.5 PPR with a 1.5 tight end premium. So it's basically a full point of tight end premium. And then there are big play bonuses such as 40-yard catches and runs. Uh, you get like one point for that, I believe, is is my understanding. Is yeah, one point for those. You're not even really factoring in those, right? But the biggest thing, whenever I look at that, you know, you are doing the super flex. You've got the tight end premium, which is going to make your high-end tight end assets a lot more productive. Your Travis Kelsey is going to absolutely run this league. Uh, he did <laughs> last year just in points per game that we'll kind of get into it here in a bit. So you really want one of those heavy tight end producers if you are in that competing team. And luckily, this one has one. And then the the biggest thing that you said there, the first one that we really dove into was six points per passing touchdown and minus one per passing interception. And you might not think it's a large difference on the surface from a standard four by negative one or four by negative two. But as as we'll get into it and we'll start looking at some of the scoring here in this league specifically, it does a it does a lot of damage whenever you can look at those quarterbacks who are putting up two extra points per touchdown. Some of these quarterbacks are scoring a hell of a lot of points in this league. Yeah. So and that that's actually what I wanted to bring up is a, a, an easy way to really assess how the scoring plays out. Like we can say, oh yeah, there's an advantage with with quarterback with these the six negative ones, and you know maybe there's a, if there's a point per carry, you might think there's a running back advantage. Like an easy way to find out is to just go to your player stats page, sort by points per game. Um, if you're on Sleeper, doing it through the app, you go to leaders, then you go to stats season average and then select the year that you're looking at and then you can sort it and it'll pull up by points per game so you can kind of see you know if there's any advantages are, are there a ton of quarterbacks at the top is is travis kelsey dropping 40 points per game or 30 points per game like you'll find some leagues where your tight end one is scoring as much as your top four to five quarterbacks so you want to figure out where those types of advantages are maybe you have eight core or eight running backs that are scoring uh with those with those quarterbacks. So figure out if there's any advantages with any other positions that are scoring as much as quarterback. But in this case, as you'll break down here, it seems like that's not the case. We got a lot of quarterbacks up top. Yep. It's that six by negative one scoring man on the passing to touchdowns interception ratio. So I'm just going to run through the, the top score each position last year. So that's Patrick Mahomes scored 29.8 points per game. Highest score in the league. And then right behind, or not right behind him, a pretty good gap. Travis Kelsey was 21.9 points per game last year. At the running back position, Austin Eckler and CMC both had 18.6 points per game. And Justin Jefferson, actually the lowest out of all the positional leaders with 18.3 points per game. And he was right there with Cooper Cup as well, just 0.1 points behind. But you're looking at that, and your wide receiver one isn't even scoring as much as your running back one. So this is kind of counterintuitive to a lot of how the dynasty landscape has shifted, right? We're, we're not valuing the running back position, but in this league specifically, the running back is at least at the top scoring right along with the wide receiver position. And then tight ends, you know, Travis Kelsey is in a tier of his own. I mean, 21.9 points, I think is seven points higher than the tight end two. And then Patrick Mahomes, 
a full 11 points higher than anybody at the running back or wide receiver position and a full eight points higher than Travis Kelsey. The quarterback scoring is pretty insane here with that six by negative one. Yeah, and, and that's why, again, that's why it's so important to kind of get an idea and to give you some context to where Eckler and Jefferson are finishing up because they're at 18.6 and 18.3 points per game. You have Derek Carr in this league, quarterback 19 at 18.5 points per game. So you have you have this what we would consider a meaningless quarterback scoring just as much as your wide receiver and t- uh, running back ones. And, and so that those types of things do matter. So it immediately makes me think again, quarterback advantage right away. Um, I usually see half point PPR and know right away that that kind of nerfs the, the wide receiver advantage because it isn't full PPR. Um, otherwise you would see some elevated wide receiver scoring. So a lot of those things are going to, you know, get ingrained in your mind uh, immediately when you see scoring, you'll know, okay, 0.5 PPR. Is it tiered? Is it like, you know, a full PPR, where's the advantages? You kind of get a mental idea of where those things are, where those advantages are. Um, just to kind of run through the the thresholds, looking at QB 12, that's at 21 points per game. RB 12, 12.8. RB 24 is at 11.1. And then you have wide receiver 12, which is 13.2. So just a, a hair above uh, RB 12. And then you have wide receiver 24 actually matching running back 24 at 11.1. So they're all about the same. And then tight end 12 is actually 11 points per game. So there's not a – it's Kelsey, and then there's that big drop, you know, and, and then we get get to about 15 to 11 points per game all the way from, uh, I think, you know, uh, tight end 3 to and 4 all the way through tight end 12. So yeah. not a big gap. Same kind of things we see in all our other leagues. That tight end drop is about seven points from Travis Kelsey to the number two, three, and four tight ends that are Kittle, Hawkinson, and Andrews. They're all at about 15.1 points per game to George Kittle's 15.4 points per game. A big difference, a big jump up to Travis Kelsey at 21.9 points per game. Yeah. So right away, you know, there's that tight end advantage. If you have Travis Kelsey, great. Um, in this case here, you know, we've, we've assessed our league, right? We figured out where there's the advantages. It's definitely going to be quarterback wide receivers and running backs are fairly equal here. Maybe there's a slight advantage to the running back position. Uh, and then tight ends as well, because there is that premium. It is lineup league. You want to make sure you feel comfortable starting one. Um, if you, can have a top four tight end great otherwise you're going to try and figure things out so now that we figured out our league we've looked at the format we've looked at the scoring we figured out if there's any edges or advantages um, and we know if there's any tier breaks a lot of times in leagues you're going to see like wide receiver 24 and running back 24 have a large gap of separation so you can identify if there's a position that has more scarcity uh, when it comes to the points per game breakdown so now that we've done that we've identified what our league looks like we look at our team and let's break things down positionally. Since this is your team, we're going to look at everything positionally and just look at quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, and then our bench, find out if we're in roster construction in those specific areas and where we have players in those tiers. Do we have high-end QBs? Do we have any high-end running backs or wide receivers? Do we got a bunch of middling guys? Where where are we sitting at with those? So break things down for us. Tell us about your team here. Um, a little bit, you know, where did it finish last year? Where are some of the guys on your roster at right now? And let's uh, let's see where you're at. Yep. So like I said earlier, this is an orphan team that I took over, but it was it was in pretty good shape. This team actually was the runner up for the championship. So this team took nice. second place last year. Uh, so I'm inheriting a pretty solid team. Um, I, I've done already some tweaking with this one. I think I've owned it for about two two months now at this point. So uh, there's definitely been some tweaking that I've already done. We can get into some of the moves that I've kind of already made a little bit later. But just running through it is as it is right now. We're going to start at the quarterback position. So starting at the top, depending on who you ask right now, definitely in my opinion, though, we've got our top eight quarterback at Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the holdout issues as it stands right now. I think he's about 99% going to play this year. So got my top eight quarterback locked in there with Lamar. I'm pretty happy with that. Backing him up, it's going to be Jared Goff in my super flex. And then on my bench, we're going to have Mac Jones, Case Keenum, and Andy Dalton. So looking at that position, just in general, as we you know kind of do this position by position here, Lamar Jackson, like I said, top eight quarterback, perfectly fine with that. Jared Goff is a very serviceable quarterback, too, in my opinion. Uh, I think yep. he's going to be probably sitting right in there at that like QB 15 spot. I think that's actually what he put up in points per game last year. So uh, I'm 
definitely okay with having the Lamar and Goff stack to be my quarterback room. But with the scoring, as we kind of broke down earlier, I'd probably like to have a little bit higher of a quarterback too. Like if I can get this team to two band tier quarterbacks, two top eight quarterbacks, that would really be the end goal, I think, as we go through this position. Uh, and then the depth with it, Mac Jones, Case Keenum, Andy Dalton. It would be nice. And it, I think Mac Jones is still okay and fine as the starter for right now in New England, but with everything swirling around him, might be a little bit of a move possibly to get to something just a little bit more secure if I do suffer an injury at one of my top two quarterback positions. And then Case Keenum, the Texans QB1 for this year. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people want to – I'm not even going to put that one out in the universe. We're going to reel that one back in. Case Keenum is probably not starting. So you got two darts with Case Keenum and Andy Dalton. Maybe they get some starts at the beginning of the year, but probably not anything more than that unless you know injuries do happen on those teams. So I think this QB room is fine. I think it's serviceable, but I do think it could get a lot better. Absolutely. It seems about right. You know, you have – you got that firm tight end, you know, or tight end, tight top eight quarterback with Lamar. And then you got a couple QB twos that you might want to upgrade as well, especially with the positional advantage. Um, like you said, Jared Goff was QB. He actually was QB 15 on the year. I'm at 20 points per game. So, you know, good, good for your team. Not going to be a disappointment at all. But if you can't upgrade that, upgrade that and get yourself another guy in that Lamar range or putting yourself into that 22 to 25 points per game range, um, that would be good. So let's check out running back here now. Again, defending or defending running uh, runner up. What do you got here at the running back position? Two starters here with the two running back spots are going to be Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. So pretty pretty solid there but it does get pretty gross right after that there's not much depth here on this team at the running back position so chubb and jacobs Kenyon drake raheem blackshear travion williams mike boone craig reynolds salvin Ahmed. uh truly just this this one was in pretty rough roster construction as i took this one over so i think i've added about four or five running backs to this roster since i took it over and truly just trying to play the waiver wire and play the any man on a 53 right now to try to fill out some of these guys and get off some of the wide receiver roster cloggers that we see so i like my top two but i definitely need some i need some backfill help here yeah definitely need some need some depth pieces there to, to fill in um, you know, with, uh, Chubb and Jacobs, I mean, Jacobs is getting up there in, in touches, I guess, so to speak, but, uh, Chubb's getting up there in age and they're, you know, both co guys on their second contract. Jacobs hopes to get a second contract since he's playing on the franchise tag this year. But, um, again, both are going to be work horse running backs, quote unquote, so they should have secured, locked and loaded production going forward. You feel really good about having both of them in your lineup. And this is lineup league. So you do got to start these guys and, and you feel good about having both of those guys in there. Um, so we'll put running back depth down as something to to focus on as well. Um, and then wrap us up here. Or not wrap us, but let's see what your uh, wide receiver room looks like. Yeah, wide receiver, I've definitely got a little bit more depth built out here at this position right now. So we're going to be the three starters, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and then I've got Deontay Johnson, Kadarius Toney. I've got on the bench then Nelson Aglor, Marquez Calloway, Shai Smith, Hunter Renfro, Demarcus Robinson, Tyler Boyd, and Traquan Smith. Uh, there are some roster clogger cities that I would like to get out of, and they have been put on the auto except trade block, the the old Scott Connor move. But I haven't had as many takers as I would have liked to have had yet on some of those guys. Ten, I'm just counting real quick here. Eleven. So you got eleven wide receivers here on the team. You know, Boyd on on the bench. Boyd and Renfro could have uh, good seasons for you or have startable weeks for you as well. Um, so yeah, you definitely have solid depth here. About seven guys deep that you feel comfortable with or that you'd be okay starting any given week. Um, ideally, obviously, if you're able to to get an upgrade to another top-tier guy, uh, I think you probably feel comfortable with that. But, hey, the fact that you have depth and you got, what would that be here, five guys that are that are scoring probably 13 points a game or, four, or 12 points a game for you. Um, four guys there, it looks like. So four guys scoring 12 points a game approximately, and that's in your starting lineup every single weekend, and you feel pretty good about that as well. 
Yeah, definitely feel good about that. But like you said, I would like to have a lot of this is going to depend on, you know, what we think of DeAndre Hopkins situation. I, I'm still on the belief that he's traded, uh, that he goes to a pretty good situation, praying and hoping for that Kansas City Chiefs role. Uh, but we'll we'll see what it happens. We'll see what happens. I think he's going to be a pretty good producer here, though, and a pretty good wide receiver, too, along with uh, along with Deontay, who you're just hoping for a little bit of a bounce back with, and Christian Kirk. Uh, we'll see what happens there with the addition of Calvin Ridley and that Jacksonville offense. So I like the wide receiver room. It doesn't have, you know, the top end hammers or anything, but I think it's definitely got the depth to keep competing here. And then we're going to move into the last position, tight end position, and this is going to be headlined by Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews in the starting tight end spot. And then on the bench, I've got some depth here as well, but not great. Uh, CJ Uzama, Brock Wright, Hayden Hurst, Josh Oliver to round out this bench. All right, sounds good here. So I'm just kind of taking some notes as we go through this because I do want to start identifying what we're doing here as we go through this is figuring out where we're at in roster construction. Um, you got, looks like we're at 5, 8, 11, and 5. Maybe it's 5, 9. I'll have to double check here. Um, but you, that gets you up to the 30. So we kind of have an idea of where you're at. You got the top tier quarterback. So quarterback two has been identified something to upgrade. Running back depth is a need. Maybe a top tier wide receiver piece. You know, as you were talking through that, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins could be a great asset, could be another high end score, but he is 30 plus. Um, and then you said said a word that Ray says is the killer of dynasty teams. And that is hope. We hope Deontay scores touchdowns this year and has a bounce back. We we hope that DeAndre Hopkins lands in a place. We hope Kadarius Tony has two hamstrings for a full season. Um, <laughs> lots of hope, but but overall, you know, you have three pieces. I'd say I feel pretty good about. Like I, I like Kirk, I like Amon Ra, and then um, you know I do I do like DeAndre Hopkins or Deontay. So I'm just going to average them out and say we got three at a minimum. But if you could get a top tier wide receiver piece, would you would you object to doing that? So actually, I mean, depending upon how you think of him, I, I might have actually had one on this team. One of the one of the previous moves that I've made, I had DK Metcalf already on this squad and actually okay. down tiered him down into that Deontay Johnson. Uh, and it is a little bit of that hope. Um, but I, I figured with where this roster was at that point that it probably needed a little bit more of this depth that we see. Uh, lacking at the running back room, get it into some more liquid assets. So I actually traded my DK Metcalf piece for uh, Deontay Johnson and two first uh, one. in I think the two Oh three or the two Oh four. And then a two first, no, sorry, two seconds, two seconds. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, well, of course we do that deal, <laughs> but still, no, of course. Okay, so De- Deontay, but Deontay Johnson, two seconds. Uh, right, one right. was about the two Oh three and then a 24 second as well. So okay, down tiered okay. my DK Metcalf. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking if I could, you know, turn around and do potentially that same kind of deal. Um, you know, maybe if I'm trying to look to pair up Kadarius Tony with some of those seconds or something to get back into that top tier wide receiver. I just wanted a little bit more depth as we headed into the draft season. I mean, just looking at just the the points per game on your team, like Christian Kirk had, uh, he was wide receiver 18 in points per game at 11.8. Deontay Johnson is wide receiver 53. So obviously a massive jump, and we're looking at past production that is not predictive of future performance, but it was only a 3.8 points per game difference between wide receiver 18 and wide receiver 53. So not a huge points per game drop that you're getting from, you know, getting in Deontay. And then you're adding two seconds, and you can, as you mentioned, at get depth at, at certain positions, maybe use those two picks to uh, to package into another individual piece um, or, you know, use a player in a piece. So you give yourself flexibility, as you said, with those liquid assets to make some upgrades. So um, pretty good here. So what what is so you said you got yeah, Mark and, Andrews is tight in one as well. Mark Andrews and, is tight in one. And then, and then you want to go through the, the tight end depth again or yeah, just yeah, go yeah. to the capital. Let's just, just in capital. case. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go to the capital here now. This is where I've accumulated some assets while I've had this team. I now own the 202, 203, 204, 211, and 411 this year. And then I own in 24, I've got my own first. I've got three random seconds, and I've got a third, two fourths, and then I own all of my 25 capital. Okay. So uh, this orphan that you took over, they didn't sacrifice and leverage your entire future, which... 
probably feels good as you as a new owner when you take over an orphan a lot of times that's the case especially if you're taking over a contender or a, a previous championship game uh performer usually they sacrifice their future in order to try to win so okay all right so you got some pieces you got seven seconds within this year and next year that you can work with to add that depth and make some moves with here Yep, seven seconds and a 24 first are my really main pieces that I can try to maneuver around to try to get this thing into that true contender. Because, you know, I do think this team is probably about as it stands. I've, I've got to put the capital back into it a little bit, but I do think this team is probably top four in the league right now. Okay. And that brings us right into the next step. Now that we've kind of assessed where we are with our with our quarterback room, wide receiver, running back, tight end, and our bench, what what does our team look like? We want to find out where our team stands within the league. Now, I know you and I have, have been doing this for a while, so it's gotten to to be you know just mental. We can go and look through the league and identify, okay, these three, four, five teams are, are contenders or playoff teams. Do I fit in with them? Yes or no? And it's pretty easy for us to do. If if we struggle with it at all, or you know, some advice that we've been given as well is checking out some of these assistants what there's dynasty assistant dynasty daddy even <laughs> free yeah. tool dynasty daddy is actually the the one that i've been using as of late new tool that i found that's free online uh just dynastydaddy.com so uh, if you are looking for it i know there's a bunch of others a lot there's a lot of paid services as well that do the do kind of the same thing so if you are on one of those i know uh Dynasty Nerds has their own one. I believe Fantasy Pros has one as well. KTC also has a free version of it that they do with uh, their own rankings here that they built out recently. So there's a lot of tools across the industry. You can put in your you can put in your league and it will give you the value or the projected rank or overall rank of how your team fits in across the league. Uh, and a lot of them do do it by KTC value. So it takes in all of your players, all of the players across the league into each roster and will output you an overall ranking system for where you actually fit in the league, just in terms of like a KTC value. So they're, they are useful. Um, like you said, we do do these on our own most of the time. Uh, and then we kind of use these to make sure that we're, we're not putting in any outside biases, make sure that we're actually, you know, evaluating these teams ourselves properly we're not putting in that hopium effect into our own teams and trying to trying to turn it into something it's not so uh, this one actually pumped out right at what i thought this team would be in terms of just overall ranking right now this team is fourth overall in just ktc value <laughs> ranking so uh did an all right job there now uh dynasty daddy is a cool thing where it actually will tell you whether you're in a contender or you know if you're in a fraud contender you're in a frisky contender you're rebuilding so it, it gives a lot of breakdowns as well and what kind of tier they think you're probably at and this one does have me as a frisky contender right now with three other teams in the contender range nice so and that's that is something to know like these tools are not an end-all be-all but it does give you an idea of of where you stand within the league and but it also lets you know positionally too like where does your quarterback room stand wide receiver room running back room according to those values ktc is not end-all be-all either but it does give you kind of the overall dynasty landscape sentiment around those players so um make sure you you use that for what it's worth and kind of take you know take that uh, advice in uh, but don't use that as a hey my team says it's the number one team and it's like maybe that's not necessarily the case <laughs> and that is that is a problem with ktc value as well right because we know that some of these older vets are actually the more true and proven producers ktc doesn't value Devonte adams it doesn't value uh cooper cup DeAndre Hopkins is way down in ktc value so like it doesn't value those high-end producers that we've seen year over year a lot of the times KTC will value youth. So sometimes your rebuilding teams can actually be put up as like the best team in the league. But if you really look at it in points per game, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a misconception if you're really just looking at true KTC value. So go through, make sure you're doing it yourself. Don't use that as the end all be all, but it is, there are, there are some helpful tools out there to see where you actually rank up within your league. So once we've done that, we've got our league format, we figured out where we stand and where our weaknesses and strengths are on our team, and we've assessed where we stand in the league. Now we've identified you are a top four team in this league. Um, obviously, depth is a concern, so you, you kind of are teetering right now um, because it could fall apart if things don't go well. However, you have the horses 
to go back out there and make a championship game again. So we're going to we're going to look at what, that capital that you have and see what moves we can make to kind of push things in and uh, identify what positions. So now that we've done that and you've identified your contender, where do you want to go from here? Well, I think just one thing before we really dive into that, yeah. you know, uh, we're looking at the starting roster and saying that it's probably still it's still a playoff team. Right. But making sure that I do have that capital, like I've got seven seconds to backfill this roster with to improve this roster with. You don't want to be just looking at that starting roster and saying, oh, I think this is a contender because I have this. And then you look at a bench like mine where there is nothing behind it. And then you also don't have the capital. Like if you if I didn't have any capital to back up this team, like if I say all of my picks in 20. 2023 we're gone i have a couple thirds and a fourth in 2024 i don't think this team would actually have the horses to really sit there and actually do it i, I more put this either into a retool a, re, a slight rebuild or even possibly just tear it all the way down because you do need that capital to backfill whenever those injuries inevitably do happen i don't think i've ever gone through a fantasy football season with my starting starting lineup playing all 17 games uh, if you have had that happen uh you are one of the luckiest Men or women alive. So, uh, congrats <laughs> to you. But uh, I don't think anybody else has ever had that story. So, if you do, please DM me, let me know. And I would like to just give you a sincere congratulations on that magnificent and miraculous outcome. But probably not happening for the rest of us. So, you do need to make sure that you have that capital on the back end. But yeah, Chase, like, like you were saying, we look at that. We're seeing that, you know, I think this team can contend this year, go back and make it to the championship game again, and hopefully, you know, take it home this year. So, uh, where are we looking to kind of make that first move? And I, I don't think you can look really anywhere else other than the quarterback position to try to start this thing off. Yeah, I think uh, immediately looking at QB2, I, I like Jared Goff. I think that he's he's a good player to to have on your team. Um, however, if you're able to to upgrade him or use him and Mac Jones to, to do an upgrade, like you can figure out different ways to upgrade that QB2 slot um, to give yourself a more locked in long-term starter and get yourself maybe into the DAC tier, maybe even a little bit higher than that potentially. Um, that Those are like, that's like the first move I would look to do. Whenever we're looking at teams to re to build up, we always look at that quarterback room first. If you have stability there, you're going to be able to build a long-term team in Dynasty. So if things don't end up working out, you at least can look at your team and say, okay, I got Lamar, I got, let's say you got T-Law. You know, I got Lamar and I got T-Law. And I feel comfortable about those two. If I need to go into a retool, I can sell off some different assets and feel good about this room and not worry about getting another quarterback. Um, so that is why we want to start here at that QB2 slot. What kind of trade would you immediately look to do? Like, are you looking to take a couple picks? Would you look to take two QBs and potentially sacrifice your, your roster construction to get yourself into that uh, another top nine quarterback? Like, what, what are you looking to do here? So I, I do only have the five QBs, and really there's – you know, two locked and loaded starters, three, depending upon your version of Mac Jones. I would say that I have the three starting quarterbacks as we go into the season right now. And so but only having the three true starters, I don't think I really want to combine both Goff and Jones unless I'm going up to like top three quarterback tier. Um, yep. I, I don't really want to put all of the eggs into just the two quarterback basket and have nothing behind it. Because, I mean, we saw a lot of teams at the end of last season, you know, teams like that had Lamar Jackson, that had Jalen Hurts. They're scrambling at quarterback, just trying to find a Jared Stidham or a Brett Ripien off the bench to try to fill in their last week in their in their championship games. And so this is why it's kind of why I like to have that third quarterback, even if it is just like a Mac Jones type locked in there for my you know, replacement if one of the QBs does go down. So unless I'm trying to move up all the way into that like top three or four, Burrow would probably be that cutoff range for me. Uh, I'm probably not trying to move both Goff and Mac into the same deal. But if I can start to look at possibly moving Goff and taking my 24 first or maybe two seconds and trying to move up into that top eight quarterback range, that's where I'm going to probably be starting off with this team at. Yeah, and I like that. And I feel like the the big thing is identifying as well a trade partner that might be a fit for you. And and so, you know, being able to find another team that is looking to accumulate assets. So if you have a, someone that's looking to down tier, maybe get a couple seconds because they're rebuilding, that's again where those 
dynasty assistants or dynasty daddies or dynasty rankers like there's tons of tools but they, they will let you know which teams are towards the bottom and maybe they have really good quarterbacks or maybe they have more contender pieces for you that would fit your build so that's again how we can identify some trade partners that will fit which direction we're going works the opposite way maybe there's a contender and you're rebuilding and you have some pieces you're looking to sell off it helps being able to identify those trade partners that way as well so for this instance um looking to see if there's maybe a team that could use some depth maybe they have a lot of quarterbacks at their disposal uh being able to identify a trade partner that way any name come to mind that you think you could package maybe golf and let's say two like your one of your early like the 202 and your 211 can you package golf in those two seconds how high do you think you can get I don't think you're getting to that top eight range. And that's kind of the problem that I have with it. Uh, I think you're probably getting capped out around the Dak Kyler Tua range. I think that's probably the highest you're really getting up there at that point. Uh, I'm not really to looking. I'm not looking to move any of these guys into the rookie quarterbacks either, because that's a bet no. that I'm not willing to take on a contender. I'm not trying to fix my quarterback room and upgrade my quarterback through the rookie draft. That's just a, that's the thing that I'm not willing to do and put that, risk on with a rookie quarterback who you know who knows when he's even going to start this year so i'm not trying to move up into the first to do that um if if i was moving just like a single second to get up to that range of you know the guys like dak kyler and tua i think that's probably where i'd start daniel jones maybe but i i, I get to that point i'm like i don't know what the real difference i have between golf and those guys is and whether i want to put the capital invested into them to move up to that range yeah, I think the the only thing I look at would be, you know, current security, right? And I know Lamar, you know, is technically on a franchise tag, but he's not going to all of a sudden stop playing football. He's going to eventually get things worked out, whether it's this year or next. So you have that, you know, question around your QB one. Goff, they've said is their quarterback in in Detroit. Um, we're going to find out here in the draft and, and beyond if that's actually the case. I believe his contract runs through 2023 and yep. then he's a free agent. So though I, he's young, he's young, he's what, 28, 29 years old. <laughs> it always amazes me how young Jared Goff I know. is still. Dude's been playing for like 10 years, it feels like, but he's still at a good age where he should be a starter in the league. Like whether he's going to be a journeyman and find another job, you know, another two year, three year type contract, he should be a starter in the league. So you feel good about it, but you don't feel great. Like you saw he had success in Detroit. You just don't know what that's going to look like elsewhere if that elsewhere happens to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was playing in one of the most high-powered offenses last year with that yeah. uh, with Gus Johnson offense, right? Uh, OC there, I believe that's his name. And so, you know, you're you're looking at him being in one of the you know, prime positions. That's why everybody's so hyped to actually put a rookie quarterback to the Lions, even though you know they are doing their due diligence and bringing in all of the rookie quarterbacks to kind of vet them and see what they have. But I, I I'm still of the belief that they don't take a quarterback in this draft unless it's in the middle rounds. I do think that they really like Jared Goff. And so unless they see somebody fall that they really like, I think they're probably going to be sitting with Jared Goff. But all, all of it's still speculation at this point. But so it, w- would you would you actually consider the if I could just package up, like, say, that 202, put the, put in the highest pick, would you actually consider that to move up, quote unquote, to a Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Tua range? If I can, yeah, I, I would. And the more I've been thinking about this, so obviously the, the big thing is, is send these offers out. Like, send them out and see what what your league mates say. Maybe they think you're further off than we think. But the other thing is too is if you can't improve Goff, maybe you can take Mac Jones and a second and get yourself into a uh, Kirk Cousins ish range and get another Jared Goff range where you have another consistent score that you can rely on in your QB two position. Um, and maybe the, that will give you more flexibility for future trades as well, where Goff may not be the sexy name and and neither is, is Mac Jones, but no. at least gives you some flexibility to, to make some moves. And it also solidifies your quarterback room. Should you have obviously bye week injury, any of those types of things that, that arise too. Yeah. So are you looking at, I'm, I'm kind of looking at whenever I, do that process if i'm looking to upgrade the mac jones i'm looking at kind of like daniel jones russell wilson 
yeah. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. Those are kind of the four guys that I'm looking at right now. Probably wouldn't make that move on Geno till we get post NFL draft, just in case, because I don't really want to invest that capital into that questionable of a position to see if he's going to be their future starter for long term. But I think any of those other three guys, if I could package one of those seconds up with Daniel Jones and then get to a Daniel Jones, Russ, Kirk Cousins, yeah. I think that's probably the range that I'm looking at for a Mac upgrade. That's the name right there, Daniel Jones. It's a, it's a guy that people aren't really excited about still. He's still a little tainted from his first few years in the league. Had a very good year in, in New York with no weapons, uh, but a, a very good offensive mind and day ball. So year two in that same system has a contract you know however you want to break it down he's signed there i don't i don't care if it's a two-year deal or a three-year deal or however you want to look at it uh when it comes to the guarantees he, he's tied to that team for the foreseeable future but people just seem to still count him as just a middling qb2 um so yeah that's actually the name i feel like not only could increase in value for you give you a good return on on that investment where you could have a QB2 upgrade and Goff will be your QB3 but maybe then Daniel Jones is a tradable asset for you in the future as well so that's actually I, I like that name a lot when it comes to QB upgrades yeah and looking at this league specifically the team that owns Daniel Jones right now has Kyler Murray as their quarterback one on this roster doesn't really have anything solidified as a quarterback two. Taylor Heineke is probably the best one that passed that but Daniel Jones be the quarterback two. so maybe if they're not trying to compete this year pick up a couple of extra assets with the Kyler yeah. Murray piece right now after going third last last year um, maybe they're looking to kind of tank again this season and possibly look to be moving that Daniel Jones and acquire some more assets. So I think that's definitely a move that I'm going to be uh, pursuing here come to, come tomorrow whenever I start putting these deals in. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so we've we've kind of figured out a move that we can do for that QB2 spot. Um, I'm just going to go to the running back position here next. I know we said you, got, you have the hammers, right? We got Chubb, we got Jacobs. Feels really good. Uh, I know the answer to this question, but I'm just going to ask it to you. Are you going to look to add running back depth now? I will not be adding any running backs unless I'm still holding the seconds that I own in that 202 to 204 range. Unless I'm still holding those, I'm not adding any running back assets until I get to my rookie draft. It is April. We are pre-draft. There's a deep running back class. We have already seen a flooded free agent class in the NFL already. We've got more guys about, I think, what, what was it that we calculated of? Like 19 running backs that we really like that we think could get significant draft capital coming in through the NFL draft right now. All of these landing spots or all of these running back spots, all of these running back rooms are still up for major change, major shifting, major roles to be yet defined. And I'm not going to put my stake in on any of these guys. I'm very much okay just rolling out Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb, two of probably the guys who you really expect to probably see that like 60 to 65% workload going into next year. Uh, those are the guys I'm probably going to ride with. Uh, until I know more and see more happen at the running back room. Now, I would like to add some more depth here. That'd be my only thing is just some of these bottom bottom half of the guys, but I'm looking to really only do this off the waiver wire and through the rookie draft. That's really the only parts that I want to add to my running back room with. Yeah, I'm with you. If you, if you still have those picks on your team when it comes to when you finish making trades um, and you have to draft a player, right? That's what I'm looking to do is add, add through the draft um, because those rookies can just on hype alone can have their value increased. Um, so that's something we look at. But the big thing is, is if you make some good trades and you make the trades right, you still have three 24 seconds. And with those 24 seconds, when the league, when the season rolls around and we've talked about this before, you can add running back production in season for singular seconds like jamal williams was going for a second like you can find and he probably still is um, you can find yep. running back production no problem at all in season when we know what these running back rooms look like when we know the touch splits and the and and the 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 actual you know snap splits as well so that is the big key with the 24 seconds and that's why we're going to probably just skip through running back here yes we know we need to add depth We'll keep that in our mind, but ideally we do that in season versus doing that here in April. And even in a format like this, like I don't, I don't even think it really changes too much for me in a half point to a point full point per reception league. I don't know if it does for you, but I still pretty much across the board want to be starting wide receivers in my flex spots. 
so hmm. I mean, it depends on the level of wide receiver, the running back, right? But but we looked through we looked through all of this we looked through all of the scoring, and basically it yeah. is flat between the running back and the wide receiver. And it's a lot easier for those wide receivers to go off for a bigger spike week game than it is for rotational running backs outside of just falling into the end zone a couple times. And so I'm still probably leaning towards starting wide receivers if they're the same positional ranking, uh, building out that wide receiver depth that I already have. You know, there's not, there's probably not too yeah. many times that I'm really starting outside of just like spot starts where I know the starter is down or something. There's probably not going to be too many times where I'm really not starting the Christian Kirk or Deontay Johnson in my flex right now. Yeah, no, I, there we go. I'm with you on that. That's what I wanted to make sure of is like when it comes to the wide receivers, I want to have those uh, like several, like I'd say five to six top 36 producers um, at the wide receiver position that I feel comfortable with starting. And yes, I have no problem putting them in my flex spot because I know that I can build around that core, that core I can start if I need to, and I'm not going to be able to buy that kind of production like I can at running back. So yes, I'm, I'm absolutely with you as you went through that. Um, you know, just to kind of give context, wide receiver 24 was T. Higgins at 11.1, and our running back 24 that we mentioned at 11.1 points per game was Cordero Patterson. So to give you an idea, you know, big value difference in the two, right? Like <laughs> a lot of difference in value between the two. Um, yeah. And ex especially, I mean, that, that goes hand in hand with the, with the devaluation that we've seen from the running back position over the last year, or at least especially through this off season, uh, a lot of people are devaluing the running back position. And so, like you said, you can buy those points mid season because people don't look at them as long-term assets. They're looking at them as only, Hey, I mean, he's going to get the work, but he's only going to get it for six weeks. Well, on my contending roster, it's probably worth it depending on what happens. Like if I suffer an injury or I just want some spot starts from this guy, I can easily just go pay a second and see a guy, you know, take that 50% work share for the next six weeks. And it's probably well worth it for me if it's pushing into my contending roster and pushing in towards a playoff berth. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like that's, that's pretty much where, where we need to be. We got running back depth. We're going to look to add in season um, for obvious reasons, wide receiver. You have good depth at, would you look to try and package a second and a player to whether it's an upgrade to get yourself another top 36 guy, or maybe try to go after a, a cup, you know, maybe, you know, again, it's a risky asset, just because of his age and then the question marks around the team, but maybe he's not the right example, but get yourself another high end guy, maybe use a singular second, go get Tyler Lockett. Um, or would you try to solidify like Amon Ra Kirk and then send maybe Kadarius Tony in a second or two and try and get yourself another top 12 guy. Like what so, are your thoughts on that? That that's kind of the move that I did make already. You know, I was de-risking myself off of the DK Metcalf that I did have on this roster, as I mentioned earlier. And so splitting it into the full three assets, three two liquid assets and two seconds, and then Deontay Johnson that I think is, you know, in line for a little bit of a back bounce bounce back season at least. Uh, de-risking myself a little bit there at this point of the offseason, but I would probably try to make a move inverse of that once we get a little bit closer to the season once we know more once we see the nfl draft take place i think that's where then i'm going to be looking and saying hey can i turn the Kadarius tony in two seconds back into a guy like a dk metcalf up into that range again and just kind of do the reverse of the deal just a little bit later once i know more things post nfl draft yeah and i feel like you brought something up that that didn't you know, get brought up earlier is, is the priority aspect of, of these positions and these trades, like wide receiver, you are set at, right? Like in the end, you have some comfortable, you know, pieces that you can start week in and week out. So it's not really a priority to go out and upgrade wide receiver today. Like that's not a move we have to make in order to make this team better. You can wait things out, see how things play out, get closer to the season and then assess what, what moves you are able to make based on the draft capital you still have. Um, and you know, what, you were able to do at the QB two position. And then you also had the running back depth, not a priority right now. That's an in season move. So we've, we've been able to make those assessments. Obviously if a trade comes along and you're able to get Stefan Diggs for, for, for those two seconds in Deontay, I think you might be looking at it because the points per game difference for you is massive, yep. but those things aren't just going to typically fall into your lap. So, um, yeah, it, there is a time of year and then a priority aspect of, looking at these trades we need to make. 
Yeah, and this is where, you know, uh, another one of the moves as I kind of get into this one, the, the roster construction was a little bit out of whack just because it was so heavy at the wide receiver. Another move that I've already made was I took Jahan Dotson and Dr- and turned him into two of these first that we see. So I think I turned Jahan Dotson, who was originally on this roster, into that 204 and 211. Okay, uh, so just so, splitting yeah. splitting him up into two seconds. And that's another one where I think I could probably do the inverse if I wanted to and move it back into a wide receiver, uh, kind of in this middling range, or you know, maybe split it up into two running backs that I actually need that depth with later. I figured the wide receiver depth is okay enough at this point uh, to really kind of be doing that move. Uh, but like you said, I, I do think I need to probably have one more kind of hammer really at this wide receiver position if I don't upgrade my quarterback position especially. Yeah, I mean, I think once we know where D Hop sits, that will will settle things in because you'll know you'll have you know Amon Ra and Kirk and and you know Tony still technically you know that that's the one I would look to move because I feel like people still believe in him, um, and I don't, and so like personally, I want to get him off my roster if I can, if I can use him in a second to to get a, another piece, but you know I, I'm with you. I feel like that would be something we can kind of wait and see on. Cause if D hop does go to Kansas city or goes into a situation where you, you know, you know, he's locked and loaded again. I don't think anyone's really worried about what Deandre Hopkins is going to be this year. And, and that kind of reduces your need to go and get a, a hammer at the wide receiver position. Yep. Definitely. Even, even then though, I think I still want one more. Like I really want to lock down yeah, all three starter do. spots because right now it is kind of either you're looking at Kirk or Deontay being as the wide receiver three of this yeah. team and then putting two more flexes in. I really want one more that's in that like top 16 range. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Like, as I look at this and I look at where the lineup is, I'd love to, I'd love to kick out one of those guys. Uh, like you said, Deontay moving to a flex slot, kicking out Kadarius Tony from the starting lineup, essentially like that's what I want to do. So you're going to add depth in that starting roster. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, maybe that's something to start exploring, see, assessing which teams have, you know, if there's any bottom feeder teams that have some of these aging assets, uh, maybe someone's worried about Tyreek Hill retiring in three years. Hey, you never know. Like at least assessing your league, seeing where some of those assets are, and maybe you can identify a team now, even if it's a move you don't want to make today, maybe it's somebody that uh, is willing to make the move that best fits your team. If you're able to, to get somebody at a discount, um, I have no problem making any move any time of year if the price is right. So at least exploring it now versus sitting and waiting. I I hate sitting on my hands and finding out someone else steals a deal that I would have done. I'm active as I'll as I'll get out to make sure that I'm not missing out on some of these opportunities. Yeah. And so I I think that, so let me, let me walk through just a couple of the trade scenarios with you with, Kadarius Tony specifically. And then yeah. let's say I want to move off that 24 first as it stands right now, because I'm projecting that 24 first to be late as of right now. So I'm not really looking to hold that thing all the way through to next offseason anyway. You know, maybe it's one where I try to do a 24 first for 24 first swap for a team that I don't think is as good. But I think that's a little bit, you know, that's a pretty in-depth move where you're actually trying to look at each individual team. So we won't, won't go into that one too far here. So if I'm looking just straight 24 first in Kadarius Tony, where do you think that line is that I can really get to? In my mind, I'm kind of thinking that I can get up to that. Like, I mean, let's say just in, in rookie value, uh, and this is probably, it wouldn't be the move that I would want to make, but do you think a 24 first and Kadarius Tony would get me that like one Oh five that I could potentially take like a JSN at? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that would be something you could do. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. Is like with your team build, I don't know that's the move I want to make. Like I like JSN, I really do. But like as of this moment, on we're recording on April 10th, and you're listening to this on the on the 12th, there's no idea. We have no idea where he's going to be. What that market share is going to look like for him? I would much rather explore moving it into an asset that like I feel confident is going to, like what I know. You know, I know the production. I know for sure. And I'm, I'm with you there. So this is kind of the range that I'm looking at. This range right here. I'm over on KTC right now just looking at the wide receiver rankings. Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams are all back to back to back to back. Four, wide receiver 14 through wide receiver 17. Jeez. I, I love that range. I love targeting that range of guys right now. And so, if I mean, can I just there, – there's a part of me that thinks I could almost just set up a straight up 24 first for one of those guys and almost get them. 
I think you could. Like, I feel like Devontae Adams is the low-hanging fruit of that group uh, because the the quarterback situation's changed. But he's you know he's he's thirty again. I think he turns thirty-one in December. But people are just are just down on him. Um, I feel like that's a move you can make. Again, it's going to depend on who owns Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, if you have a contender that owns him, you might not be able to get that done. But let's see here. Yeah, let let me look at what who actually owns him in this league, and we can kind of piece together what we think about that one. Okay, so we got Amber Hard is the one who's going to be owning him owning Devonte adams here Derek carr jordan love mike white zach wilson at quarterback so a little bit of a yeah. little bit of shaky ground there javante Najee, swift at running back position gibson as well adams gabe davis say jones mike evans jarvis landry i mean i'm not seeing anything that's really standing out to me here oh. feels like this is just kind of a middling team that might be looking to move off some pieces to go into that retool rebuild commit at tight end do yeah, i don't think see, i don't see anything here that it's you know really telling me that this is a playoff team as of right now and, and again it's all going to depend upon what he thinks of this player but if he likes Kadarius tony or has any sort of thought like do you think you could do a Kadarius tony in a second and keep your first i mean i know you could probably send him a first and he might be excited about that and take that but like if you're looking to I think that's definitely where I'm starting. I mean, honestly, yeah. I'm a, I'm probably okay sending any of that 202 and Kadarius Tony to get up to that range really, really easily. I am too, man. Yeah, I think that would be one I'd explore. I mean, if you, I think if you're giving up the first, I would definitely like Adams would be the last one I'd look at because I do think you can get that done. I think a first straight swap for Adams will probably for this owner in particular would probably get that deal done um, because of the situation his team's in. The other thing is like Tyreek, you know, if you're able to do a first and a player or a first and, and somebody or another piece, I think you can get that done. Diggs, depending on the owner of the team. Yep. Tyreek um, and Diggs are both owned by the winner of the league last year. So don't think I'm going to probably be getting either of those. What about Cup? Cup's another one I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to give up a first for, but. Cup was to the fifth lowest team last year. Okay. Okay, so you got a couple options, right? Like you have the Adams and Cup guy. I think Cup's a little more. I don't know, man. Is he more risky just because of the the issues that they have there in uh, in LA? Like the quarterback is definitely a concern, right? Matt yeah. Stafford is definitely not a clean bill of health anymore, and that team is is struggling and kind of almost looking like they're going to burn it down. But they've got everything back as it stands right now. You know, it, as long as Stafford's there, I don't have too many concerns about Cooper cup for this year. Uh, I think he's still going to produce like he did. Um, it, yeah. It's just all questionable on his the quarterback's health. And so truthfully, I, I'd probably even be more, I'd, I'd still be a little bit more risk adverse in saying that Adams would probably be the one I would target over yeah. cup originally. Cause I do think he's just a little bit more of a safe asset, even if he doesn't have as high of a ceiling, just because Cooper cup is such a target hog, or at least has been over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, st I still think that they're going to be very close, but yeah, I do think that Adams feels a little bit more uh, stable right now. So, but at least you got two options. You've identified two teams that you can go out and send offers to, and, th and that's the whole goal here. Like, right? Like we looked at the league, assessed the formats and scoring. We looked at our team positionally and broken down where our strengths and weaknesses are, and what trade uh, targets or trade areas we want to look at. And then we've looked at where we are in the league. You, you, you've already figured out you're a contender for this team. And, and now you're looking to make those win now moves or at least assessing that. So you, I think we figured out QB two opportunities. We know we're going to wait on that, that running back depth tight end. We're not worried about since you have Andrews, but if you you're able to Andrews. get yourself, yeah, <laughs> no, no need to worry there. But if you can get yourself a top six scorer or a top six, uh, you know, wide receiver, I'm all for that because the, the dynasty landscape in general or the dynasty sentiment around some of those aging wide receivers is is uh, that they're, I don't say that they're washed up, but it's not really where they're producing. They're on the wrong side of 30 now, right? Yep. So everybody <laughs> will immediately devalue them probably a little bit too much until they do hit that cliff. Yep, absolutely. 
All right, so, so that pretty pretty much wraps things up. The big thing is send out the offers. Don't be afraid to send things out. You don't know what your league mates are thinking unless you ask them or talk to them about this stuff. So send out the offers. Don't do it verbally in a, in a just like, hey, what do you think about this? Send the trade out and then DM them and say, hey, I sent you an offer. Let me know what your thoughts are. Like try and try and engage the conversation. See how far off you are. Maybe they love it. Maybe they hate it. And they'll let you know. That, that they think Cooper Cup is worth three first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody gives you the middle finger, you just say, All right, move on. You just tell them I'll I'll circle back to you. And then you you never do. That's kind of that's kind of my uh it's kind of my go-to. Whenever you get that, I'll, I'll circle back to you here in a bit. Uh yeah. no, you're probably not getting the circle back from me. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is you, you, we talk about knowing your league and your team. It's also important to know your league mates, know who you can work with um, and, and know who who's going to be a problem. Um, and if if someone has a three first evaluation on on a, a per player that's worth a single first, you know that they're they're probably going to be a challenge to work with. But still, don't be afraid to send the offer. You just never know when they're going to accept or when they're going to to finally go through and, and make a deal with you. Yep, I mean we 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 know and love the uh, KTC calculator, and if anybody's using that KTC calculator as gospel, uh, you can have some really large advantages there. We were looking at a couple of trades with this team earlier, right before we hopped on, and it was like, what Goff in two seconds was Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, Goff in two early twenty three seconds gets you T Law. If that can get you T Law, and you can send the picture of the trade yeah. cuts trade calculator. Go Amen. send that. Go send that snippet to them. Send the offer in, and like, hey, it's leaning a little bit your side. If you just want a little bit of a piece thrown in, you know, I'll give you Nelson Aguilar to kick it over the top. That's where uh, normally, normally people are smarter than that. A lot of the yeah. leagues that we play in definitely are. But hey, never hurts to send the offer out. Like I said, send it out they, in all your leagues, man. If Figure they it out, if they tell you to go, go away, and that you're completely out of your mind, you just say. All right. Well, I mean, I, I was just seeing, I was just asking the question. Just asking. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap out of here today? I got one thing left. I got, I got one more thing yeah. that I really want to talk about the quarterback position with, because I, I'm still in this. I still want to get that top eight quarterback room, right? I still want to get yep. the two top eight quarterback room with Lamar. And if I can tear up that golf, I, I want to go into that a little bit further. Looking okay. at yeah, that, looking sure. at golf in that 24 first. If okay. I can pair up golf that 24 first, then I've got seven seconds at my disposal. I don't care how many of those things I've thrown out, to be honest. Yeah. So if I'm looking at the looking at T Law, that, that's the one that I've kind of picked out here. He's actually on the trade block already. Who knows how far how long ago he was put on the trade block? I don't, I don't know how far back in the you know league history that was. But uh this manager actually just picked up Patrick Mahomes. And so maybe they're looking to down tier off their T Law. And say, hey, I don't need I don't need these two high leveraged assets both in the same position. I want to move off of my T law. If I was to give him golf 24 first, two seconds, do you think I'm in the ballpark? I was gonna say yes, to answer your question. Yes, I think you're in the ballpark. I was gonna say start at a single set, you know, single second. So uh, golf, your 24 first, and the 202. Yep. And just and see where the conversation brings you. Uh, at, at least you'll get an idea. Like you're giving a three for one. You know, you're giving them depth. You're giving them you know different different outs on on T Law. And you can also probably point out the points per game difference between Goff and T Law wasn't all that significant. So that might obviously help out in this instance because there isn't a massive gap, but it gives you that solidified asset um, going forward where you feel great about your quarterback room. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, it does take me off of an Amon Ross St. Brown stack, but it puts me back onto a Christian Kirk stack. So there you go. I don't lose anything there either. Do you think that's an actual move that this team should make, though, with its current roster construction? With having the seven seconds, I would be down to five seconds, no first. And I'd still have to build out a little bit of depth on this roster. But having those two quarterbacks, man, I kind of I, I kind of want to explore that a little bit first, going that first and second and going through all of the top eight quarterbacks to see if I can get that. Yeah, like I'm just kind of doing the math in my head. So let's say you're able to keep all three of your 24 seconds, right? So if you can keep all three of your 24 seconds, you have two 22 seconds left still. That's how your five breaks out. So you have three 22 seconds that you can, uh, 24 seconds that you can move in season for running back 
or you can use one of those, you know, as a package deal for for a, a wide receiver. I still think, yeah, I think that's the move because you can still add depth um, where you need it. You can also still make an opportunity, you know, give yourself the opportunity to upgrade the wide receiver position by using, let's say, you can use two of those those two remaining twenty three first, and, and or sorry, yeah, your twenty three seconds, those two seconds. You can use those to upgrade your wide receiver position. You still have those three 24 seconds yep. to upgrade running back in season. So you still have everything you're looking at. You got a wide receiver hammer. You have wide receiver depth. And now you're looking to add running back depth. And you solidify your, your quarterback room for the future. So if things don't work out, you have the the pivot of keeping those quarterback that quarterback room in place and selling off some other assets. Yeah, man. Like I feel like if you can get that deal done, that's a move to make. Yep. And I think you work through all of the top eight quarterbacks doing that. I don't, I mean, yep. you're probably going to get laughed out of the room by the, you know, yeah. Allen Mahomes hurts owners. You're probably like, honestly, probably made, yeah, maybe not just even do that one. You're probably just getting laughed at. Hey, send the offer though. I'm just asking the question. So you know, maybe you just, maybe you just say, would this be in the ballpark? You don't actually send the trade offer into their inbox first on that one. Cause that might actually burn a little bit of a bridge. If you send something that light for one of those, two, one of those couple of guys, but uh, no, I, I think that is probably the first move. And then I really like the moves that we're working through here, you know, building out the running back depth in season or closer to the season. Once we know more upgrading a little bit of the wide receiver depth or wide receiver room, maybe getting me one more guy that's really locked and loaded. One of those old vets that you talked about or that we went through and then building out the building out a little bit more depth with some of the seconds. I really like where this team is at. I think this, I think this can be a true contender come to come the end of this year. Absolutely, man. I, I feel like I want to see what happens over the next uh, few days here when you send these offers out. But um, yeah, like I feel like as we go through this, if anyone out there is looking for help with their rosters, if they want to to go through their teams and things like that, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Trophy Chase TFDR. Cody is at Cody Smith TFDR. You can find us in Discord as well. Um, so make sure you, you 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 hit us up there. We've already got. We always get messages all the time. Happy to help in any way we can. Um, if uh, if we're able to, um, anything else you want to add, man? Yeah, I mean, literally. Also, you can just go to you know patreon.com forward slash all gas literally we sit in the voice chat and we do no this kidding. for hours at a time with people <laughs> there will just be people coming in and just asking random questions random trade questions and they'll be like hey like i've got this team and we'll be, we'll just be like hey okay let's go through the entire roster and we will legitimately sit here for an hour like we did here and just walk through the roster with them so uh, yep. i absolutely love doing these trade review or not these trade reviews, some of the trade reviews inside of it, the <laughs> roster reviews. And, uh, you know, we've got another one coming up next week, I believe, looking at one of your teams yeah. on a little bit of different side of things. So we'll be doing another one of these. And like Chase said, hit us up if you have any of the questions like this. We we love doing this. This is what literally we do for way too much time every single day. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Again, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Make sure you are in that Heisman tier, hands down. The best place for fantasy football advice so uh with that being said man let's wrap things out of here we will catch everyone next week and thank you so much for joining us here on the overreaction podcast <laughs>